Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The sacred scriptures for this weekend are quite appropriate for where we are in the liturgical year. This is the last weekend of ordinary time. Next week, we're going to celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. And the week after that, we begin Advent. Now, when we read the scripture readings, especially the first reading in the gospel, it seems like they're predicting the end of the world. Well, what we have to do is understand the context in which they are all set in. Right now, Jesus and his apostles have just entered into Jerusalem. Now, this is an awesome experience for the apostles. Remember, the apostles were from Galilee, which was a rural territory. There wasn't much as far as cities or large buildings, large crowds that you would typically expect in bustling urban areas. And so the apostles come to Jerusalem. Also remember, Jerusalem is the capital city of all of Israel. It's the biggest city in the entire country. The apostles are seeing things they've never seen before. Large marketplaces, large buildings. This is probably an awesome time for them all. Jesus then makes his way with the apostles to the temple. And the apostles now see the temple, maybe even for the first time. The temple is an awesome site for the apostles. Remember, it took 46 years to build it. It's bedecked by jewels and gold. And it's undoubtedly the most beautiful and most impressive thing the apostles have ever seen. Now picture this scene. The apostles standing before the temple, their jaws dropping. And now Jesus, he tells them that in all the grandeur and the splendor of this temple, it'll be destroyed in a matter of days. Now, this is shocking to the apostles, you know, in some ways bleak. A great analogy for us to understand this is if we stood, you know, in front of the Capitol in Washington, D.C., or we stood in front of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, and Jesus Christ came up to us and said, you know, this will all be torn down in a matter of days. Well, this would be shocking for us. You know, it'd be hard for us to believe that this could actually happen. Worse yet, Jesus kind of turns it up a notch. He says, or he implies that the world itself also will be destroyed. That's why he says, in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give light, the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Now, can you imagine what is going through the minds of the apostles? Here is Jesus, the Son of God, and they know that he truly is the Son of God. He's telling them how the whole world is going to be destroyed, and they are going to be witnesses to it. Now, this language that Jesus uses is often referred to as apocalyptic language. It describes, maybe, the end times. Now, 
Apocalyptic language is very popular, not just now, but throughout the centuries. People have been fascinated about how the world will end. When will it end? How will it happen? What will we see? You go to any bookstore and you'll see shelves upon shelves upon shelves about books written about the apocalypse, the end of the world. Great example of this is the series of Left Behind that sold millions of copies several years ago. There was a movie that came out just this year, early this year, talking about the end of the world. So, so many people are fascinated by this event. So what are we to make of this? How are we to understand these readings? Well, if we are to take these readings as a literal description of the universal and the cosmological events that definitively will occur and that we are going to be standing, therefore, on thin ice. Well, you say, how can this be? Well, listen to what Jesus says. This generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Well, all these things will have happened during the time of Christ and the apostles, which means what? They're all going to happen as the apostles lay witness to it. Again, notice what he says. The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky. Well, if we are to take this literally, then they should have already taken place. And yet, today, we still have the world. We are still alive. The world has not been destroyed. What's the implication here? If we are to take this gospel in the first reading from the book of the prophet Daniel, literally, it looks like Jesus is dead wrong. But he's not. Instead, what Jesus is talking about is a new world order that's coming into this world. What we have to do is we have to read this gospel, the book of the prophet, Daniel, and other books like Revelation. We have to read them through the lens of Jesus's death and resurrection. See, then it all makes sense. If we are to literally read these scripture readings as if they are definitely true, well, Jesus, his credibility is undermined. Therefore, his prediction is wrong because 2,000 years later, the world is still intact. And yet it appears that Jesus is prophesizing the end of the world during his own time. Again, what does this mean for us? Well, let's just break it down. Look at the style or the genre of the language that Jesus is using. It's referred to as the apocalyptic language. Now, the Greek word for apocalypse is apokalopsis. And remember, the Bible was originally written in Greek. Apokalopsis means to unveil. And therefore, apocalyptic literature or language should not be about the end of the world, but instead it should be about an unveiling, something that is now revealed to us. And what is it? Well, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how it changes the world forever. Again, go back to what Jesus says. In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from the sky and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. 
Well, what Jesus here is revealing to is a cryptic language. The stars, the moon, the sun. In the ancient world, they were used as a means of navigation. In some ways, people steer their lives according to these instruments. Take it to a symbolic level. The sun, the moon, the stars, they represent the powers of this world. Sin, death, hatred, violence. People's lives were governed and influenced by these powers. Well, now Jesus is talking about, in this apocalyptic language, that these powers that once governed or ordered people's lives as the principles of this world will now change dramatically. In fact, they'll be shattered through Jesus' death and resurrection. Now, this is something that's powerful. What's going to be unveiled is the apocalypse, something that will be revealed to the world that the world has never seen before. In Jesus' generation, Jesus is talking about his own death and resurrection. Now, these events are earth-shattering. You know, here you have the Son of God, God himself dying on the cross and then rising to new life after just three days. This turned the world, the entire universe, upside down. These events, Jesus' death and resurrection, have far-reaching effects and consequences for the world, including a world that was once governed by laws and properties of people's lives, the properties of sin, death, hatred, prejudice, violence. Now, how are you to look at this? Well, again, we have to look at these Gospels, the book of Revelation, the book of the prophet Daniel, through the lens of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. How was Jesus put to death? He was killed by the religious and the political establishment of his time. The Jewish authority and the Roman soldiers executed Christ. They represented the powers that governed and ordered the people's lives in the world during that time. And yet those powers were deeply flawed, weren't they? These were powers that governed the world with wars and hatred and violence, and they refused to recognize the presence of God in their midst. That's why they killed him. And yet, through Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus not only conquers those powers, but he now establishes the greatest power, the power of the resurrection. See, that's the apocalypse. That is what is being unveiled here to the entire world. The powers that once governed this world and people's lives are now turned upside down. People's lives that were once navigated by sin and death, violence, are no longer navigated by those things. Instead, we navigate our lives according to Jesus Christ. Once again, go back to what Jesus says. The sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, stars will be falling from the sky. Well, that's exactly what happened when Jesus mounted the cross. You go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, they will all tell you in the Passion narrative that when Jesus mounted the cross at noon, it was totally dark. Noon is a time in which the sun is directly above us, giving us the most light. And yet, from noon to three, as Jesus hung upon the cross, it said the world engaged in pitch darkness. 
Well, this is what Jesus predicting his death and resurrection to the apostles so that they are prepared for it. And yet this is the apocalypse. This is what is going to be unveiled, not just to the apostles, but to the whole world. Jesus's death and resurrection and how that is going to have life shattering consequences for the entire world. Now we will navigate our lives according to the resurrection, according to Jesus Christ. Now a new world order is ushered into this world such that this world is now governed by Christ and Christ alone. One last thing. When we read this apocalyptic literature language, the book of Revelation, Jesus proclaiming this in the Gospels, the book of the prophet Daniel, should we be frightened by this language? Absolutely not. Instead, we should embrace it with great joy. This apocalyptic language, this unveiling is good news for us. It's the language of life and hope. A new world order has been unveiled to the world through Jesus's death and resurrection. And see, now our lives are ordered to Christ and Christ alone. Now we navigate our life to Jesus such that We are always going to steer our course, the course of our lives to Christ and Christ alone, who is the source of eternal life. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.